In John chapter 20, the Bible says that Mary went to the tomb to see Jesus' body after he had been crucified on Calvary. Scripture tells us that she looked right into the face of Jesus and did not recognize him. Look with me in John 20 and 14. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. The Bible says she thought he was the gardener. She didn't see him, even though he was right in front of her, because she wasn't expecting him. That is the power of expectancy. Well, guys, I'm so glad that you've tuned into the Noteworthy Podcast because I have a great feeling of expectancy that God is just going to do great things in this episode today. And I'm so excited that you've tuned in because today we have a very special guest on the podcast, my friend, Landon Gore. Landon is an evangelist for the United Pentecostal Church International and is preaching all over the country and even outside of the country on missions trips and things of that nature. Landon is an incredible, dynamic, powerful man of God. He's ministered for our church here in Jonesboro, Georgia, and every person that has him at their church just raves about how much he blessed them and how much he invested into their students when he comes. The sky is the limit for Landon, and I'm so honored and excited to have him on the show today. We talk about everything from preaching to platform moments to the anointing and prayer. We cover a lot of great topics in today's episode. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the Noteworthy Podcast with Landon Gore. Let's go. Hey everyone, I am about to kickstart this interview with my good friend Landon Gore. I do just want to preface the episode with this. Um, These interviews are sometimes recorded remotely through Skype, and Landon and I did have a couple of audio issues uh, where the connection was poor. And so there is a couple moments, I do apologize, where the audio cuts out for two or three seconds and then it cuts right back in. So I apologize to you guys for that and to my friend Landon. But um, thankfully, I think you can get all the content. It's just a couple of moments in the episode. Uh, so forgive us for that. But I'm excited about this episode. Here we go. Here's my good friend, Landon Gore. Hope you enjoy the interview. I'm on the line with Landon Gore. Landon, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Having a great morning so far. How are you? Bro, I'm blessed. It's It's been raining nonstop in Georgia. It just <laughs> isn't stopping. But um, besides that, we're doing great. And man, I so appreciate you uh, taking the time to be on the show today. Well, it is uh, my honor, man. I'm, uh, I'm with you on the weather. I just got back from Florida, stopped in Dallas for a short bit and on my way to Missouri and uh, it's raining here, and it's supposed to be winter, so it's been hot, cold, raining. Texas doesn't 
Texas doesn't know what it's doing, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting to chill and talk with you, so it's a great day Bro, nonetheless. And, you're uh, such a world traveler, honor. man. You're you're probably the most world traveler I know. It's just like, <laughs> hey, hey, Landon, what's up, bro? Oh, I'm in Africa, just hanging, you know. <laughs> you know, I um, so, sometimes I feel like a world traveler, and and sometimes I just feel discombobulated and I don't know what I'm doing and where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, if I have to go to like Covington, Georgia, I feel overwhelmed. <laughs> it's like an hour away. So I, right. I feel that, man. But man, I'm I'm just so thankful uh, for your friendship and just to get to talk to you this morning for, for everyone that's listening. Uh, Landon is an evangelist with the United Pentecostal Church International. And uh, man, I remember when you came and and preached for us here in Georgia. It was such a blessing for our reset rally, and uh, we're having you back this year again. Yes. And uh, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your your ministry and uh, the call of God on your life. And I've found when I when I get to talk to different people, I love hearing the story about when you first felt that call on your life because it's experienced in such unique and individual ways. And so would you mind sharing with us, when did you first feel the call of God in your life? And secondly, was it a series of events or one profound moment? Sure. Um, You know, that's a great question. And uh, I'm like you, I I love everyone's unique story because it's just that it's, uh, it's unique. And, um, and when you hear other people's stories, it kind of uh, releases you to be at peace uh, with your story. Man, that's um, so true. And, uh, you know, with me, you know, I I did not have that one service, one moment experience. And, you know, I heard um, so many stories of those that had. And, you know, for a while, it, it, it kind of made me a little insecure and thought, well, man, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not called <laughs> until I heard other stories that yeah. aligned closer with mine in that kind of exactly. uh, yeah. build up um, moment by moment and um, experience, not just one singular moment. And so that's what it was for me. It was not the former, it was the latter. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I really always felt that I was going to do something for God. Um, now wow. for those of um, for those listening that don't know, my my parents are in ministry. They are a pastor and wife here in the Dallas area, and um, you know they never forced ministry on me, um, but they did expose me to it, and um, and so I just I always just knew I wanted to do something for God, and um, and so there's this this little story. It's kind of funny, Dad mom were talking in the front of the car one morning and and i don't know how young i was but i was i was quite young and mom was just you know asking dad you know when are you gonna when are you gonna mentor landon when are you gonna (laughs) invest into him some more and uh (laughs) and so he was trying to be polite and kind towards me again not putting that pressure on me and he said you know what when when landon feels that call then you know we'll take another step forward and well i just laughed a little boy in the back seat and i was just like (laughs) dad i'm I'm already called and um it was one of those moments that was like it's kind of like slash funny little kid story you know oh that's cute but yet slash like there was a seriousness to it and um and so the older I got, they knew God was going to do something through me. I knew that. And so then I just began to try to, um, you know, 
you know, I began to, I guess, slowly identify. And the more I identified it, obviously, I knew that I was um, called to preach. And again, for a while, I just thought, man, I, you know, all I know is I knitted and formed um, the prophet in his mother's womb and said, I, I ordained you to be a prophet from your mother's womb. And um, and honestly, it gave me so much peace because I thought, you know what? On one, in one sense, I believe everybody is called <laughs> from their mother's womb. I right. believe God has a ministry for everybody. And specifically in my journey, I really did. I just, I just felt like I was kind of born with a calling, not to sound super spiritual. Um, and as I grew, um, it just, um, it gained more, more clarity. So I don't, I don't have the story of Michael, the angel coming and, and reading the <laughs> scroll to me. I just had, like I said, this inner knowledge and inner desire to do something for God. And, uh, as I got older, that grew. That's so awesome, man. And I, I've, I've found that the more people I get to talk to about this, which I I just feel like it's such a privilege to to get to have that conversation, but uh, I've found that that tends to be the case more often than not. That it's you know I, I've talked to a couple people where you know the angel of the Lord came down with the sword and and sure. knighted them and so on, and I and I believe in all that, but sure. uh, I love hearing that that practical side of how there's there's something just deep inside of you. You know, I remember. When, when I was a little kid, just hearing my pastor preach and going, there's something that God's trying to do in my life, and I couldn't quite yeah. put my finger on it. So I love that you broke it down like that, because that, that tends to be the case for a lot of young people in this generation. Now, sure. if if you could tell us a little bit about the life of an evangelist. Now, I, I know we talked about it earlier, but you're constantly traveling uh, to different churches and conferences all over North America, even outside of the country, if you want to talk about some of those trips to different countries. But uh, w- when you walk into a church that you've never been to, uh, how do you feel after the needs of that specific congregation, and how does that work for you as an evangelist? Sure, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to answer it in two parts. Uh, sure. First of all, I kind of want to bridge uh, bridge the gap, and this kind of segues um, from the first question, and then I'll, I'll bring it into your question. Um, I'll just add on to uh, what I just relayed to you that, you know, um, I did not know I was going to evangelize until I went to college. Um, I did end up going to Bible school. Um, I have friends that went to Bible school, and um, didn't go to secular school. I had friends that went to secular school and didn't go to Bible school. Right. And I have friends that 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 went to both, and I have friends that went to neither. And uh, so you had to own your path. You have to do what God wants you to do. Exactly. But yeah. I really thought that I was going to go um, back to or come back to Dallas and start a church. And while there, the Lord just started really dealing with me about traveling and i knew from the very beginning that it was going to be overseas and i'll be honest it it freaked me out because you know i went from you know knowing god wanted to do something in my life as i grew older um and i think this is important to mention um i just served i looked for needs and i just was of the mindset if i'm asked to do do something i'm too late so i just was i just was a servant 
And uh, I don't say that arrogantly, but uh, again, to give a practical response, you know, I, I, I cleaned the church for, uh, I think around five or six years. And uh, obviously at different times, um, opportunity came on the platform, but there was a whole lot of times where, um, you know, it was outreach and, and going with my father uh, to Bible studies and helping out with the different daughter works. And I then, you know, I, I went to school. I thought I would come back, help start a church. And, and so in that between time, I was just doing what I knew to do. And I was being faithful. I was serving. And I think that's so key because, you know, so many times we feel the call of God and, and, and it's like, okay, now what? And um, in reality, you you got to simply go back to being faithful. Right. And, you know, even in terminology, it feels like, oh, well, we're going back to what we've just been doing. Right. But in reality, it's that going back that sets us up to go forward. Ooh, and um, I like that. it's like it's like David, you know, he was um, I, I love I love that phrase that says he went back to his father's sheep and, um, you know, he had been anointed. Um, he had been overlooked by by the things, um, but even when he was being overlooked, he was still faithful in what he was looking over, because ultimately God was watching and God saw. And so, um, I think the best thing that we can do is just be faithful, be a servant, and if we are a steward of now, God will take care of what's next. And so, just to kind of bridge that gap. Um, you know, I just continue to be faithful. God led me to school. As I was faithful at school, God started to lead me to uh, evangelizing. And um, like I said, I kind of, I kind of freaked out. I was like, I, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. And uh, I remember, right. I, I remember being in a service with one of my friends, and I was just, I just bawling my head off. And I'm, I'm not a big crier, man. And uh, I just was, I just had that ugly cry face moment and told God, okay, yes, <laughs> I'll do it. I don't understand. I don't have it all figured out, but I'll do it. And so, um, I finished wow. school and, uh, in the process of me finishing school, I started to get opportunities to preach out. And, um, so by my uh, last couple of years, um, I was, I was evangelizing on the weekends, which, um, that's a whole nother, um, a whole nother story. There were so many times I was, I was driving into class, you know, leaving somewhere four o'clock in the morning, driving straight to class on on Monday morning, and um, it was it was crazy, um, but it was humbling and uh, just amazing. Um, and and I, you know, I don't I don't have any regrets. It was just a uh, it was a adventurous time in my life, and so that shifted to me graduating. I went overseas um, for my first time uh, with Nathan and Tanya Herod in Barcelona, Spain. I was there for three months. That was my first overseas trip, and uh, I ministered for them in Barcelona and uh, in a a lot of the surrounding cities. And while we were there, uh, we went to Copenhagen, Denmark, and we went to um, Malaysia together. So that was my first experience to um, overseas and. I'll just say I am an emphatic believer that um, whoever you are, wherever you are, you've got to go overseas 
um, at least once or twice because um, it shifted my mindset to a global mindset. You know, we we hear about it all the time. You know, God is pouring out His Spirit all over the earth, and we're a part yeah. of, of a right. worldwide revival. But uh, and of course, we give financially and we give to SFC. But man, when you go overseas and it, 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 it just it clicks you know we we're a part of something so much larger than the u.s and uh, the u.s is great i thank god for it but we really are a part of something worldwide and that is beyond us and um so you know i think everybody needs to um to make that a priority and again everybody's in a different uh, age and stage of life and and uh not everybody can uh, just jump on a plane and right and uh, go anywhere and uh, and so, um, but it just it does something to you, and so I always encourage um, whether it's somebody going on an AYC trip, or whether it's uh, somebody just going over to help, uh, maybe with a missionary that they personally know for a, a week or two, or or maybe it's a, a short term missions program, or 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 if it's an opportunity to go with their pastor, their pastor's going on an overseas trip and extends that invitation. Any opportunity that That's comes. Good. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, jump on it because again, it just, uh, you know, it just changes you. And when you're giving to missions, you're not just, you're not just giving to a program, you're giving to a, a purpose. And, uh, so I could go on and on and on about that. Um, and so here we are this, um, this last October, this last Thanksgiving, um, time was about, um, October, yeah, it mm-hmm. was just five years that I've been full time, and um, so um, it's amazing, know, bro. It's I, I really am humbled because I would have never. I, I again, I go back to that moment when I was had the ugly face cry and I was bawling my eyes out and I was <laughs> yeah. just like terrified. Yeah, and I've just watched how God has led me, moment by moment, step by step, season by season, and. I am a again. I'm just a firm believer that um, if we own our path and we do what God wants us to do, then He really will blow our mind. You know, that's yeah. not a He really will do that. And so, um, one takeaway I hope that um, a listener can possibly have is is that you know whether you're called to be a youth pastor or a missionary, or whether you're in CMI, or whether you're an educator, or or, or whether you feel like God's called you uh, to be a doctor for Him and to be a lawyer for Him, as long as you are in the will of God, right. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And as long as the kingdom of God is first, um, you know, I just I made up in my mind. Like I said, I didn't always know what I was going to do, but I made up in my mind if if I was going to be a lawyer. I wasn't going to be a lawyer who sought God on the side. I was going to be a kingdom seeker who was a lawyer. And, wow. You know, yeah. if I was going to be a barista at Starbucks, <laughs> I wasn't going to be Praise a, a God. coffee guru <laughs> and just happen to seek God on the side. No, I was going to be a kingdom seeker working at Starbucks. Yes. And so I think that's the takeaway for, you know, there's going to be people listening to this that they're called to do the exact same thing I'm doing and and they're going to see what I'm seeing and and see more but then there's other ministries and unique callings and skill sets and I think the priority is is um and, and you know about this you come from a a family that has put the kingdom first um I think yes, the priority sir. is is truly that putting 
putting the kingdom of God first in our lives. Yeah, that's so good, Landon. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, just to piggyback off of that, I think so many times the 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 fear that comes with it is, you know, financially, you know, how, Lord, how are you going to catapult me into this? How are you going to make a way? And I, I love your testimony because it's such a testament to the fact that God, he will provide. And if he, sure. if he calls you, he will open the doors and he will make a way. And I, I love to see what God is doing in your life. Now, would you mind sharing, I know this might be, uh, you know, this isn't something you just talk about, so I know this question might seem a little funny, but... Can I you interrupt know. you for just a moment? Yes, yes, please do. You're right. <laughs> now, I'm, uh, I know me well enough, and sometimes I can be a little scattered. I told you that was going to be a two-part answer, and I think I gave you a, a five-part answer and still didn't <laughs> answer your, your your second question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. I the just second wanna, part. I wanna, right. I, I got caught up in just kind of bridging that gap, because again, I, I don't... I want people to kind of see that process, but well, I um, got caught up in your story and, and I lost. <laughs> I lost sight of the second half, so that's okay. Well, I want to. I, I, I want to just answer it because um, I think it's a great question. And uh, I, um, you know, when I walk into a church, I don't want to just perform. I don't want to just give a polished masterpiece, but I truly want to minister. And my definition of success behind the pulpit is really just comes to timeliness and obedience, which I think are hand in hand. And did I preach what God wanted me to preach? Did I say what God wanted me to say? Did I say the right thing at the right time? And um, I'll be honest, you know, um, it's, you know, when you're in a different location, a different church, a different place, a different, sometimes even culture uh, every weekend, because there are multiple cultures, uh, even just across the U.S. alone, uh, much less um, overseas, you know, it, it can be, it can be different. And, um, and so, uh, God deals with everyone differently. And, you know, I enjoy hearing with how I enjoy hearing how God deals with other ministers and people that, um, that share, that share God, um, and his gospel for me, um, a lot of times, um, a day or two before I'm somewhere, I'll just start feeling, things in the spirit, um, in prayer, I'll just kind of start feeling, um, a direction, a, a path to, to go down. And a lot of times in that service, that path even gets, um, more, more narrow. So I've heard, um, I've heard other people's stories. I hear preachers all the time say, I got a call to preach this conference or preach this rally, this service. And I put down the phone and immediately the Lord spoke to me and I'm just like, man, what, wow. What's that all about? You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get that RSVP uh, yeah. treatment. You know, you're I like leaning on God five hours before the service, right? <laughs> right, and um, and so I will clarify. Um, you know, I, I I do believe in preparation, and so I believe that I'm just of the mindset that if we prepare our hearts and our mind, and we prepare in prayer and in the Word, and and the same goes with a whether it's a church service or the Word and prayer. God's going to honor that. And in the moment, you know, I do. I believe we need to be spirit-led, but uh, winging it is not following the spirit. <laughs> and following right. the spirit is surely not winging it. Sure. And yeah. um, I think we've all seen an evangelist that has kind of come in and kind of flowed. And uh, because I think that's one of the marks of an evangelist that's a little bit different than pastoral ministry and other 
ministries is you know he's going to come in and flow in the moment and i i remember thinking man some of these guys are just man how do they do it they just get behind the pulpit and open them open in their mouth and and um it just man it's it's just flowing like crazy and you know maybe they don't even open their bible maybe they don't look at notes um and service blows up well there's obviously been a lot of prayer and preparation and for me um you know, I, I go into most services with two messages and, um, I have one that I feel stronger about. And then I have another one that's kind of just an option. And like I said, I want to, I want to obey God, but, um, that's, um, I guess that's the, the other side of, you know, just wanting to be prepared and gives me a little bit more flexibility and confidence. And, um, I've, I've laid my head on the pillow knowing that I went with the wrong one. And um, I'll just say it's it's much better when you lay your head on the pillow and you you knew you went with the right one. Wow! And um, so for me, it's a lot of just just discernment and and uh, feeling. Um, I feel like I'm a a very sensitive person. Uh, I don't um, you know I don't have God you know speak to me in a vision or or send an angel per se for every sermon I preach, but. I feel like the Lord just deals with me with impressions and discernment. And um, and like I said, in the service, uh, sometimes that will get more specific. And uh, perhaps it'll be a statement or, or a direct word for the church or an individual. And um, so does that answer the question? Yes, that, that, that is a great answer to the second part of the question. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, I'm going to feel better. My conscience is clear. <laughs> now you can lay your head on the pillow knowing you answered both parts of the question. Right. And uh, do you remember when we were in Mississippi together and um, yes. my wife and yes. I were, were doing like a musical clinic there with Jackson and you were preaching a revival for them. And um, I, I think that was the first time we met in person. And I remember yeah. that day just being so uh, impressed by by your evangelistic approach to that service because you didn't, uh, like you said, you didn't open your Bible or anything, but you went to the pulpit, and I remember that service just blowing up. And I, I remember thinking that takes a very special person and an anointed person, uh, and that's when the first time I was like, I, I got to get this guy out to my church. So I, I really appreciate that about you, Landon. Now, speaking of, of preparation, uh, what does your sermon prep process look like? Um, now, when you preached at my church, I don't think you used any notes. It didn't look like you did, but it sounded like you did. Like It sounded like they were written in your head, but I never saw you looking at notes. Would you yeah. mind sharing your process with us? Sure. And, um, you know, again, the common denominator is everyone has their uh, unique way and story of of how they're called, how they follow after God's spirit and obviously thus how they prepare. Um, And again, you know, again, that's the reoccurring thing, which I think is just so cool because it just shows that God will use any of us and. It's just that he uses us. You know, we don't have to pretend to be someone else. We don't have to try to be someone else. He can flow exactly. through our personality, and I think we should grow and 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 challenge ourselves. But at this, at the end of the day, he's going to still use us. And um, so, um, my process is is a little unique. Um, 
I, I say it's unique. Um, it's just me. Um, maybe there's a hundred other guys that, that do it the same way I do. I don't know. Um, but for me, um, I, I am a, not a hundred percent of the time, but a lot of time I'm a narrative preacher. Um, I, I enjoy, I enjoy preaching through a story in the Bible. Um, and one of the reasons I enjoy that is just because, um, it helps me stay on track a little bit more. And I just, I just think there's so, um, there's just so much that can be gleaned from these short passages in the Bible. Uh, so, um, I can be very scattered and yet at the same time, I, I love something that comes full circle. I hate when something that, when something doesn't make sense. And so, um, it just, it just works for me. And, um, it's, I guess just a part of, um, my personality, I'll go topical, um, here and there and even, uh, verse by verse at times. But, um, for me, um, a lot of times I'll just be, um, impressed, guided, led, directed towards, um, a certain story. And maybe it's just a, um, um, maybe I'm preparing to preach or maybe I'm just, you know, maybe it's just reading and coming across a story and, I found that um, it's so easy to rake leaves when it comes for when it comes to reading the Bible, and uh, I've tried to shift my reading style to not just raking leaves but digging for gold. Um, because right. you know we've all done it. You you read through a few verses or you read through a chapter or a story, and it's just like oh, okay. And then you read it again and something else jumps out and then you read it again and something else jumps out and again and again. And so for me, I will just, um, I will just devour and chew on a story and David and Goliath as popular as it is, is still one of my favorite stories. I, I believe I preached on it when I was there for the rally. And uh, so yes. the same, the same scenario, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just, I'll, I will read a story. I'll read, um, a chapter over and over again and um i'll just in my vernacular i just it just it's, it's just digging you know um and and just layer upon layer something new will jump out and so as i'm reading i'll just i'll write down a point and as i the more i read the more points come out and um and then when i feel like that i have uh, a significant amount of points then i will begin to structure that that message um, through the story, bring out key points and uh, emphasize, obviously, the the main point that I'm kind of uh, driving home. Um, I believe in the message that I, I preached um, there with David and Goliath. It, uh, my, my main theme was about the anointing that was on David's life. Yes, sir. Um, and so... Every all of the other points were, were were secondary points, and sometimes I can probably even be um, maybe point heavy. I might can even overcompensate. I try not to turn every little point into a message, um, but again, I just I'm I'm amazed at how many little things there are tucked in a word, in a phrase, in a verse um, that um, you know you just you just don't think about, yeah, and uh, and so. I, I try to structure it in a way that makes sense, and I try to make sure that they are applicable. You know, I don't want to just have a point that's preachable. I want it to be practical, livable, right. um, 
And so that's where if I'm preaching to, you know, a congregation or a youth rally, I'm going to try to kind of, um, I guess, um, make sure those points apply to that age group and that demographic. And so from there, um, I've kind of, um, I've got an outline and from there I go to a well-worded outline. I'm not a type out every word preacher. I just do, um, a well-worded outline. And so, um, I've, I've got my main, my main points. Um, I've got, you know, certain sentences and phrases, you know, there's, um, there's certain things I want to say, but then there's a certain way that I want to say them. And so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite word for word, but it's not just a minimal outline. That's why I call it a, a well-worded outline. Uh, so it's kind of a hybrid. And then after that, um, I will, um, my, my best case scenario is, as you alluded to, is that I walk up to that pulpit without that outline. So if I walk up to that pulpit without it, for all practical purposes, um, um, you know, not to be, again, I, I wonder the same thing. Um, and I, I remember, you know, I remember getting spooky and mysterious answers sometimes when I ask about sermon prep. <laughs> and, uh, and so I don't want to be spooky or mysterious because it's not. Um, I, um, I'll be honest, man. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a, a multi-talented person. I look at, I look at guys like you and your brother and your father and, and, uh, man, you guys, you guys have just such a, you guys, uh, you guys are writing books and doing podcasts and blogs and, and preaching and singing <sighs> and administrating and just, uh, gifts galore, and and it's amazing because you're using those gifts uh, for God, and I, I mean that. Um, one of the few gifts that I have um, is short-term memory. <laughs> so, um, right. I wish I had. I wish I had photographic memory. I wish I had. Um, I, I wish I had flawless memory, but I have short-term memory. That helped me a lot in school uh, when it came to finals week. Um, so, a lot of times. Um, yeah, I can I can walk up to a pulpit unless it's unless it's something that I've prepared, you know, right before service is something that God's kind of dealing with me last minute about. I'm probably going to take uh, a few notes that still won't be word for word. But um, I, I I just remember I, I, I memorized the, the main points and I guess it's almost like um, it's almost like a street for me. If I can just remember the the street names, well, I can I can go just house to house. And then I can go to the next block and the next block. And um, it's amazing. I don't know if that that may sound a little weird, but uh, that's kind of how I remember the, the the main points. And if I can remember the main points, well, the details kind of fall in line. And um, so, again, going back to kind of the whole preparation and yet and being structured and yet being spirit led. Um, I'm also OK with if I don't stay, you know, one, two, three, X, Y, Z with my notes because um for me i know that i have enough points to not run out in five minutes right Um, i know that i've um i've kind of devoured chewed on this it's in my spirit i know my direction i know where i'm going and so you know if if you know i'm going to have a b c d and it may come out a c b (laughs) or a d b c um, and that's okay with me as long as it makes sense. And as long as I end up, um, where I want to be, 
um, that's where it kind of allows me to be prepared um, to have it in my spirit. I've, but at the same time, it allows me to be uh, flexible. And so um, if I show up there to the pulpit behind notes, then it means that I've had time to internalize that. And as an evangelist, being very transparent, well, I also have the luxury that I can preach a message more than once. Yeah, and so yes, um, I, I don't I don't think that's the elephant in the room. I think um, I think that's an understood point. And if it is the elephant in the room, well, then we'll expose it. Um, <laughs> and so a lot of times, at least for me, you know, there's times that God will give me a message for a season. And I will just, you know, I'll yes. preach that message for as long as I can, as much as I can, everywhere I can. And then it's like one day it's just like, man, does I, it's like, I thought the thing was full of fire and it just don't, it's just like, it's almost like it's, it's time ends. The season and changes. So, yeah. Wow. Right. Right. And so I think that's also something that's, um, you know, a little bit more unique to an evangelistic ministry. Uh, because again, um, you know, and this is just me, you know, the, uh, if the pastor wants a good message, well, a he can give a good message. There's people on the team that can give a good message. A lot yeah. of times the pastor wants an evangelist to come in and flow, see a move of God. And so um, while I want to be there with a word from God, uh, I'm not I'm not coming in to blow the people's mind. I'm not coming in to, um, um, to just preach, you know, uh, 20 different masterpieces. Uh, I, I'm there just to flow in the Holy Ghost and to facilitate a move of God. So, um, you know, I have to know my my assignment and uh, I have to know what my ministry entails and what what God is is wanting to, to do um, through me and knowing that it's going to be quite different than uh, the other than the other ministers that are in the church than that pastor and even even other evangelists. And um, so part of that is I feel like that the Lord will give me a message for a season. And, and man, when it's in season, it's it's hot and heavy and fiery and it's awesome. And when it's season ends, well, it's like, all right, God, it's, <laughs> it's time to move on. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because God will <clears throat> God will give me certain messages for a season. And see, when I got married, you know, I, I found out that my wife would have to live through that season and hear it many times. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I always tell Rachel, I say, listen, God has me in this season. <laughs> just 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 bear bear with me for a moment. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, you're you're preaching on the call of God, you know, twenty times and 20 Rachel times. coming to you like, babe, she's I've like, answered the call all twenty times. <laughs> you know, she said something funny to me last night. She said she said, "Sweetheart, I don't always listen to your podcast because <laughs> she goes, she goes, I don't always listen to your podcast because I've usually heard you preach it." <laughs> so, so, but she's she's always sweet about it. Now, um, I I know that um, this might be an unusual question, um, but uh, what has been a challenge for you in ministry? And how have you overcome it? That's a great question. Um, all these are great, man. Um, well, um, how many do you have time for? You want five, five hundred? As as many as you'll one? give me. As, <laughs> as many as you'll give me, bro. 
you know, I think um, I'm just going to stick to one of the things that it's tops, I think, for all of us. And um, I, th- I, I want to say it because I think it's easy to think that ministry doesn't deal with this. And um, I think all of us get older, we get busier, whether it's full time jobs, whether it's being married, children. Um, honestly, if you're just in ministry, if you're just if you're getting older, life is getting quicker, life is getting busier. And um, honestly, for me, um, I I have to really work hard um, to keep my relationship with God priority. Right. Um, and that sounds a little um, simplistic, but you know, no, the older I get and the more I go through ministry, and the more I see others um and you know i realize um sometimes um you know we're we're not always cultivating that relationship with god like we need to and we have the desire we have the intention um but for me you know i'm i'm in a different place um every week sometimes multiple days throughout the week you know i don't have the luxury to um (laughs) You know, if it was up to me, man, I'd have my I'd have my chair, I'd have a fireplace and I would read and pray in the same place every single day. Right. And um, I, I don't know how those I don't know how these um, guys and ladies can do their devotion, um, you know, out in, uh, in the middle of everybody and and uh, with 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 uh, in my mind chaos around them. I, sure. I won't be by myself. I want to be alone. I want to be in my leather chair with with right. you know uh, you know fireplace and and uh, obviously that doesn't um that doesn't work when you're when you're in Africa for a crusade or right. you're in a or you're you know um, downtown Barcelona and uh, in the middle of city life or or traveling throughout the states in different hotels or evangelist quarters and so um you know again but i realize it's something that we all deal with um life is constantly changing uh work schedules and and just day-to-day life and you know um one of my mottos um has been uh and i'm constantly i'm i'm striving for it i don't want to be a preacher who prays i want to be a prayer warrior who preaches and i feel like that every other problem um is a byproduct of not you know having our relationship with god and prayer and the word and um and so you know i uh, just like everyone else because again i i remember growing up and being a young person and just thinking that every minister and every pastor and every evangelist every youth pastor it just came easy and it doesn't uh we have to work for it they have to work for it every single person has to strive for it and of course as we we've all we've all we've all had that time where where um maybe we waited till crisis came and we we tried to you know we we realized you can't crunch a prayer life (laughs) and you can't get spiritual overnight and um and you know i um I, i love i love how the Bible says that, you know, Daniel came to his crisis, the, the, the lion's den, um, moment that, that would shake him, that would test him. And it just simply says he prayed as he did a four time. Mm-hmm. That simple. He just, he just prayed like he had always been praying. So, wow. you know, he didn't, he didn't get a prayer life in the lion's den. He didn't get a prayer life when he was at crisis time. He just, did what he had already been doing. Daniel didn't pray one prayer 
that got an answer. God answered Daniel's prayer life. He had a life of prayer. And so, um, you know, I, I'm human. Uh, there, there's, um, there's days that, you know, I'm, I'm proud of my walk with God and there's, there's days I'm not. Um, but I'm a, I'm a very all or nothing type guy. Uh, I'm a go big or go home guy. Right. And, uh, and so I've, I've, I've realized that, you know, if you pray today and you don't feel God, well, you know what? You're going to pray tomorrow. If you get in God's word today and nothing jumps out at you, and I think that's an exception, but we all have those days. We don't feel God. We, we're, we're, we're reading the word and it's just like nothing's clicking, nothing's happened. Well, you know what? We're not trying to have just one moment of glory. We're, we're developing a life in the word. We're developing a, a prayer life. And so um, that leads me into um, my second answer. And uh, I think uh, I think insecurity is a big thing um, that mm. all of us face. Uh, I know it's something that I've faced. Um, you know, we're all trying to find mm. our place, even when we know our calling. Right. And, um, and, you know, we find our place in God. We find our, we find our value in God. And when we're, when we're a woman, uh, a man of prayer, when we're a woman of the word, a man of the word, well, then we're going to find that security. And, um, I think a challenge that, um, is a millennial challenge. It's a challenge that I've faced and is that, you know, we, we, we want that, um, we want that confidence. And I have learned that, if I'm going to be at peace with who I am, I also have to be at peace with who I'm not. Um, one of the wow. greatest statements that John the Baptist said is, I'm not the Christ. Mm. And so, um, you know, in, in, in getting older and in, in being involved in ministry, uh, being transparent, being real, you know, I, I, I have found what I'm good at. I've found what God has called me to be. I've, I've found those things that I feel like are natural for me while at the same time that I'm also have things I'm working on and growing and right. trying to learn in. Yes, but I've also had to be real with myself. And, and there's some things I can't do. There's some things that I'm simply not. There's some things that, that God has not called me to do. Now, I think there's a big difference in just being new at something and you're learning and you're not great because you're new. Well, that doesn't mean you should bail and quit. But then there's other things that, um, you know, perhaps we see in someone else and, and, you know, we, we, we face that insecurity, we face that intimidation. Um, and, 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 we, and we want that to be a part of our life. And it's just not what God has called us to be. And so, uh, you know, as well as I do, man, we are in a social media saturated world. Yes. Um, we see what everybody's doing. We see how they're living. I mean, we see what clothes they're buying. We see what they're, uh, they're eating for lunch. We see, uh, what they're in, what they're doing in ministry. We see how their lives are unfolding, how they're going to school, how they're getting married, how they got a new car. We're seeing all these things, and I think that um, I think every single one of us, including me, um, has to work at um, being at peace with our pace, being at peace with our season, being at peace with who we are, but also being um, at peace with with who we're not. And um, I could wow. go on and on, but those those two things, I think, uh, our walk with God, and and I think um, 
again our our confidence in God, which which means you know again fighting those uh, the comparison trap, fighting insecurity, fighting intimidation, and those are two things again. As when I I thought you know what all these great men and women of God they don't they man they know who they are and they're confident and and they're walking into each day tearing up hell's kingdom. Well, right, that's true. But you know what they're if they're confident then it means two things they're confident enough to know that god can use them but they're also humble enough to know that god can use anyone else wow. and they have found their value and their validation this goes back to prayer in prayer because if you know who you are in god are you going to have insecurities or are you going to have weaknesses are you going to have flaws sure right. but you can be confident in god and, and i'll be honest i know they're there's two different answers, but they go together because, you know, I see a lot of people that are seeking validation from others. But at the end of the day, if you are a, if you are a friend of God, if you, if you are a post, if you are a person of prayer, then, then, then you're, you're going to be, you're going to be confident. And uh, I'll just, I just throw this in and I'm not trying to preach, but no, this is good. I I love how, um, you know, Peter is in the boat and, Jesus is on the shore and he he's told them to cast on the other side and 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 they're they're annoyed but they've done it and now all the fish are coming in that they have that haven't come in all night but but now the fish are coming and you know we know it's Jesus on the shore they didn't know it was Jesus on the shore and and you know all of a sudden you know John is looking around and he's saying man this this is the lord and and but the bible doesn't say john it says the disciple that jesus loved he turns to peter wow. and says this is the lord and that's when peter says oh wait what this is this is the lord okay and he jumps into the water and he's he goes after um he goes after jesus and he swims to the shore well that one little phrase sticks out to me the disciple that jesus loved it didn't say john but we know who it we know who it is and i think one of the challenges um, of our generation and one of the things that I, I I want to fight and face in my life and I feel like our whole generation is dealing with this is that you know what I want an identity that's bigger than my name I want an identity that's bigger than my social media I want an identity that's bigger than my talents my skills even my ministry even even bigger than being a preacher Right. I want to be known by my walk with God. Yes. I want to be known by my dedication. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe, I believe God is raising up men and women that just like that story, the disciple that Jesus loved, there are young men and women, there are adults, there are teenagers that, that we're not going to know their name, but we're going to hear about them via their walk with God, via their CMI, via their, their soul winning, via their, their intercession. You know, um, I was at, uh, I I was at, uh, I was at Congress this year and I, um, I, there, there was a, there was a friend of mine. Um, she led prayer. I want to say, well, I actually had several, I had several uh, friends that were leading prayer. Um, but one of them was a, lady who led 
either the second night or maybe the last night and mm-hmm. um, yeah. she just broke out in intercession and she prayed in the spirit and with authority yeah. and, and and really every person did i had multiple friends that were up there but she just comes to mind and of course um you you may know who i'm talking about but um i had people coming up to me afterwards and she, they were like oh my word that person who prayed that and do, do you know who she is and i said i do her her name is bianca baptiste she's she's in florida just doing a great work for for god and and there's a whole lot of people that know bianca bianca's phenomenal yeah. um, but there's a whole lot of people that didn't know her they didn't know her name but they heard someone pray and they heard someone tap into the spirit and, 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 and they didn't have to know her name. They didn't have to know who she was or, 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 or where she lived. And I believe, yeah. I, I believe that's what's happening. I believe God is, is raising a generation that we're not going to be known by how many followers we have. We're not going to be known by our filters. We're not going right. to be known by, by our, our jobs and, and by our careers. We're going to be known by our walk with God and, uh, Again, it's a challenge that we're all dealing with. We're all facing to be to be secure in God and to be secure in ourselves. I remember you leading prayer at NAYC seventeen. Speaking of NAYC, yeah. uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about that experience? Sure, um, man. That was a um, that was that was quite an experience. Um, <laughs> it was awesome getting on stage and speaking to over. Well over thirty thousand young people is uh is quite a, a nerve wracking experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um um brother Enzi had given me the call um a few weeks before, maybe longer, but it wasn't um he didn't give me a super super amount of advanced time, which was a good thing. Yeah, uh, so it's sure less time to worry. But right. uh, he had called and asked if I was going to be stateside in, in attendance and. When I told him I was, well, then he he asked me to do that, and um, and so um, looking back now, it's special. Um, that was his last Congress, and uh, he's uh, he was youth president for a good while in in Texas, and I have a lot of admiration and uh, respect for him. And um, I got to do it that year with uh, Kendra Shock and Dan McLeod, uh, just a great. Um, just some great people to be able to, to link up and do it with awesome. and friends of mine uh, who I admire. And so it was just, um, it was just special. And, uh, honestly, at the same time, looking back in hindsight, um, you know, I, I just thought it was great because it, um, you know, I, I was the last person I would have thought they would have called to ask to lead prayer on the last night. And, I just thought, you know, it really was a, it really was and is a testament of our youth ministry team and their willingness to invest and pour into yes, uh, the next generation and to trust them and to trust us. And um, and so that's been my biggest takeaway of just, you know, it, um, the leadership past and present really believes in in, in our generation. And um, and uh, and so they're, they're giving us opportunities. They're giving us trust and that's a lot um because there's a there's a lot that could say hey you know what let's let's wait let's let's give so and so time let's let's give him more time her more time and absolutely you know what yeah. they're they're willing to invest and and trust and um but on a more practical note you know i i remember being in the hotel that morning and going through what i was going to say and you know i um i stepped up 
that night and um, I took the mic and you know there's just no way to prepare for <laughs> speaking to over 30,000 people there's and no so way yeah I uh, I just you know I started going down the line of what I wanted to say and of course my whole assignment was to to help people pray well two funny things happened you might remember this number one <laughs> uh, it was so loud um, I couldn't I couldn't hear the people I couldn't hear anybody and so, you know, I'm getting up there and I'm I'm trying to get people to pray. Well, I don't hear anybody praying <laughs> with me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, Help abort the mission, <laughs> crash, fail, this Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> and um and I, I think I led uh, the audience in maybe two or three prayers. And so then the second thing that happened was, um, if you remember, <laughs> there's a picture. Uh, one of the tech crew is like crouched behind me, and he walks up and he switches my mic. My mic had started going in and out. Well, I I just was so focused on what I was doing, I didn't realize. Well, man, when he switched my mic, I was like, what, what, what are you doing up here? And so it totally just almost threw me off. Thankfully, it didn't. And so, uh, you know there was a countdown and so i'm trying to pray and yet stay uh in in the time limit and so i walk off and in my mind i'm just like come on landon like <laughs> your whole assignment was to get people to pray and uh i walked back um to my seat i felt like everybody was watching me it was just so weird and they weren't but uh it just was that feeling and uh i was i walked back to my seat and i pulled out my phone I think I probably had like 30 to 50 text messages. I put my phone back in my pocket. It was service time. I was on just sensory overload. And uh, I was I'm like, sure. man, I got I to gotta walk out to the restroom and just like kind of come down a little bit. Uh, just kind of get my, my, I guess my senses back. But I thought, no, I can't. I just prayed. I can't, I can't walk out of service. <laughs> so I was on my way to a seat like, oh. Okay, well, may- maybe it wasn't as bad as I think thought it was, but <laughs> I just kept on moving, kept going, and well, somebody wanted to, you know, of course, later on that next week, you know, someone wanted to send me the video of me praying. Well, I wouldn't watch it. I couldn't. I was like, no, 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 not not today, Satan. <laughs> not today. And so, it was a few weeks later that I finally watched um, one of the live. Someone had taken a live video, and I was like. Oh, people! People are praying. People are praying, and, um, and so people were were uh, praying, and and the whole audience was just going after it. And I was just like, "Oh, psych! Okay, well, I, I, <laughs> at least I did. At least I did my job, bro." You know, that, of, that's so mind blowing because I remember that night and just how powerful it was, and how how the the stadium was just man. They were with you, bro. So it's just so crazy to me that. That it came across That's the that way. Story. Well, it's like I said. It's you know, I, I've had people come to me and share that experience and that's you know why i shared with you the backstory because again just this you know the sound system is so massive i just like i said i couldn't hear anybody and in my mind i'm just i was mentally like oh my word what is going on but well the four second delay doesn't help anything you know right (laughs) (laughs) your voice so you're hearing yourself echo back (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know all about that, getting up there and singing. And but in my mind, I was just like, "This, this is fa- like my mission's failed." All I had one job: get people to pray. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> well, but the, thankfully uh, it turned out a little better than I than I was realizing uh, in the present. It was awesome, bro. The uh, the music team kept laughing at me this last year because ev- every song that I was asked to lead. I, I was like, you know, you've got one job, Nate. You just got you got to get them ready for the song and lead them in worship. And for some reason, every time I was supposed to lead a song, I we were walking back onto the platform. <laughs> so all of <laughs> all of my moments were like trying not to trip as I walk up onto the sure. platform. <laughs> so, but <laughs> man, you you truly did a great job. Um, so, at NAYC 19, uh, and and I'm, I want to close with this question. This is a, a very important question to me, and I, I try to always close with this just because it's close to my heart and where I'm at in devotion right now. Uh, but if you remember at NAYC 19, Brother Jack Cunningham preached on being, you know, apostolic to the core, Generation Z. And yes. what do you think, Landon, that this Generation Z and millennials, what do we need to work on to make sure that we remain apostolic to the core? You know, that's a um, uh, a great concluding question, and it's a big question. It is. Um, I don't even know if I have the answer for that. Um, I'll just give my observation. You know, we are in a very special time where it's um, not everything's perfect. Um, the church is full of humans. This world is full of humans, but we are in the last days. And it's like we're seeing this coming together and of, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing themes of, of distinction, of holiness. I'm, I'm hearing themes of, of discipleship, of demonstration, of, of doctrine. And I think in times past, it's been so easy to maybe focus on one perhaps over another and it's like now it's just like we're seeing all of these ingredients come together our generation's not perfect but they want to be um you know they they want to be doctrinally sound they they love the new birth message they 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 love what the word has spoken and declared and they're a generation that is hungry for holiness they they want to be radically um distinct they realize that that is another part of 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 our message and um, it's not just another part it's it's just as much doctrine and it's so essential to to who we are and yet um they're hungry for demonstration i mean there's um young men and women that are that are praying they're friends through on sidewalks and in basements and and at cmis uh, college campuses, classes, and 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 uh, they're seeing you know blind eyes open, eyes opened, and they're seeing miracles, and they're they're flowing in the prophetic. And so again, I'm not saying we have it all together, but there's just this culminating feel that you know what, there's this fre- renewed and fresh balance of just hey, we want everything. We want the doctrine. We want distinction. We want demonstration. We want discipleship. And that makes me excited because I feel like there is a, a you know, there's, you know, all these, you know, I've, I've got an 11-year-old brother, surprisingly, and it makes me excited that he's growing up in an environment that that discipleship is normal, that demonstration is normal, yes. um, that distinction and doctrine, it's it's not one or over the other. It's It's all normal. 
And um, and so I think the challenge is that, you know, there is a lot hanging on our generation. Um, the older generation is believing in us. And, and I thank God for that. And and we I do believe we are the generation on whom the end of the world has come. And so as simple as it sounds, and a lot of my answers have been simple today. Um, That's good. I think I think submission. Um, I think submission is so vital and so key. Uh, everything is set, and so I believe if we are submitted to the Word of God, we are submitted to the Spirit of God, and we are submitted to our Man of God, then everything is going to fall into place. Yes, and I think of um, I just think of this. Last thing I'll say, and uh, it's it's just the illustration of David. Yeah, you know? go ahead. David was in our place. He was a younger generation. Um, he, a, a lot was counting on him. He he did it. He slayed the adversary. He slayed the giant. Uh, it was amazing. It was unprecedented. He did what even older ones around him wasn't doing, and and that's what I feel like is happening. Um, there's a generation that are. We are. Um, I, I I say we. Hopefully, um, I can only speak for others when I just you know I'm looking around at testimonies of of people in P7 CMI, people going on mission trips, people staying at home, helping in their local church, and just amazingly apostolic things are happening. And um, I guess to me is you know so vitally important is that is that we stay locked in, we stay focused, and how do we do that? I think the answer is submission because David comes back after defeating Goliath and he comes into the presence of, of wow. Saul and yeah. Saul asks him this question, whose son are you? Mm. And David answers, he says, I am the son of Jesse. Now he was, he was at this point. Now he was a bear killer. He was a, a, a lion slayer. Yeah. He was a giant defeater. <laughs> and yet his answer was, I'm still a son. Son and Jesse. Wow. And so I think so what's so important is it doesn't matter the um, the giants we stand over. The king's still going to ask us, who are you sitting under? Who's wow. your authority? Who's your covering? And um, we've got a lot going for us, but we need our man of God. We need we need a spiritual authority in our God life. We need it. a covering. Yeah. And that's going to be, um, that's what's going to keep us safe. And you know, they're not there to hinder us from seeing great things, but they're just there to keep us on the road. And they've been where we've been. Now, granted, we're in different times that are evolving, um, but there's a lot of life principles that are the same. And the devil's tactics are the same. Yes, and the distractions are. he uses are the same. And so I think, again, if we'll stay submitted to the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and our man of God, um, I think that's one of the greatest challenges that we face. But if we'll accept that challenge and uh, stay submitted, God's got us. And uh, we're going to continually see God do amazing, amazing things by God's grace through each and every one of us. Yes. Man, Landon, that is so good. I, I love that you hit on submission because our, our generation needs to hear that. And the anointing is going to flow from the head down. Right. And I, I'm I'm just thankful for you. I'm, I'm I want you to know I'm thankful for your friendship, bro. And and I absolutely I am, I'm just I'm so thrilled, and I I rejoice with you to see what God is doing in your ministry. I, I've uh, I've never been able to understand 
uh, a competitive nature within ministry. I, I can't really relate to it. Um, because my heart just rejoices when I see my brother doing right. well. And I, I rejoice with you, man, what God is doing. And, uh, you know, bro, I, there's just no limit to what God is doing through you. I was talking to Rachel about this. Uh, my wife, I was telling her that I was going to get to interview you today. And we were both unanimous that there's just so many things that you have done and and so many things that will come. Uh, that are just going to be so vital in the kingdom of God that he's doing through your ministry. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know you've got a busy schedule. You're probably going to be in, you know, Zimbabwe tomorrow sometime in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. I think you would appreciate this. I won't be. um, Well, first of all, I'll I'll tell you right back. The feeling is mutual. And I um, I'll just throw this out. Um, You know, I I grew up getting on YouTube videos and, um, you know, trying to read the few blogs that were out there when I was growing up. Now there's not much more. And now podcasts are a thing. And, and, uh, man, I just, I'm a firm believer of, of, um, of finding practical resources and, 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 and just devouring them. And so, uh, while I'm a, I don't think I'm the greatest person you could interview. I love the concept of your interviews and, and I, you know, this generation is without excuse. I mean, there's, you know, there's books by Lee Stone King. There's YouTube videos of, of Billy Cole and Nona Freeman and James Kilgore. And, and now we've got great men of God that are influencing our generation. And, and they're being interviewed on podcasts and on blogs. And, and their messages are uploaded to live streams. And so I uh, I just think it's awesome that um, you're providing this, this content. Thank and you. I'll correct you. I won't be in Zimbabwe. Um, <laughs> But I will be at Chick-fil-A at some point before the Praise day is over. God. <laughs> well, bro, I had to add that in. Bro, I owe you a, a chicken sandwich, bro. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. We're going to make it happen. And uh, I thank you again for, for your time and vision. And I know I'll be seeing you soon. And uh, it's just been it's been great having this time together. I'm thankful, bro. If you don't mind, would you close us out in prayer? Sure. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for every small and simple blessing. God, the ability to see, the ability to smell, to taste, to touch, to hear, God, the everyday blessings that we take for granted. But God, even more so, God, I, I thank you for the opportunities that you are allowing me, that you're allowing Nathan, that you're allowing our generation, God, to walk hand in hand, to fulfill your will, and to see your kingdom come and your will be established on this earth. And God, I pray for every listener, God, every boy, every girl, every teenager, every young adult, God, that I pray they would be inspired to be and do everything that you have called them to be and do. God, there is no limit in how that you want to move to us and through us. I pray, God, we would stay humble. I pray that we would stay dedicated. We would stay submitted. That, God, first and foremost, we would please you above all else. And, God, when our time, when our assignment is done, we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We love you. We give you all of the glory. And we give you all of the honor. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Landon, I'm thankful for you. I love you, bro. Thank you for your time. And we'll talk to you soon, man. Yes, sir. Love you guys. God bless.